Welcome to the Why Am I Yelling podcast, where we'll question anything and everything, even why we are yelling. Make sure that you follow us wherever you consume your podcasts. Links will be in the show notes. Also, if you like what you hear, share it with a friend. What's happening, Mr. Kyle? What it do, James? What it do? Just another day in the neighborhood. Yeah. How was your neighborhood today? Uh, it was not rainy. It was rainy last night. That's good. That's good. How about you? Uh, it was actually, we're getting to the cooler weather, which I'm excited about. So we are not 90 degrees anymore. We're like in the 70s, which I can deal with. So I'm good with that. Yeah, pretty much what comes your way eventually makes it my way. So yep. we're pretty much on the same wavelength. Yep. Yeah. So Other you're than- getting a cloudy day coming pretty soon. Well, yeah, it was mostly cloudy today. It's going to be a little cloudy tomorrow, but we had some very intense thunderstorms overnight last night. Yeah, we did too. I There was a thunder, what was the night before? I don't remember, but there was a one th- clap of thunder that woke me up. I was like, whoa. But yeah. What, was it like your clapper? Uh, much louder than my clapper. <laughs> awesome. I'm very so impressed I'm, that I had a clapper, like on the I'm fly. I'm very impressed with you too. Very impressed yeah. with you. I, I can't even begin to tell you how warm that made me feel. Warm and tingly or just warm? Uh, yeah, we could go with both. Okay, cool. That works. Uh, so, on to the agenda for the day. The agenda. So, as, you know, we like to think and do, we're, uh, we're trying to be organized here at Why Am I Yelling? You're going to notice from time to time that we've got some specific i don't know segments categories that we've kind of come together with they might be consistently used every time that you're tuning into our wavelengths they i'm might tuning in rotation you you're tuning in as we're recording that's how you're doing yes, this that's how i'm doing this okay way to way to bulk up our, our viewership that's right we didn't want to have to admit that to anybody on the first episode way to go kyle I'm just trying to help out. Help out. Team where player I can. over here. That's right. Team, team player. player. Yep. 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 Who's on deck? Uh, what's on second? First base. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so today, our goal, maybe, maybe we'll get there. <laughs> is to so, at least touch upon, if not go further into, the subject matter of. The barbecue. Everyone's favorite. Yes. Although, at the same time, everyone's got a different favorite within the Absolutely. world of barbecue. That's true. And 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 I want to start with like so is what what is barbecue to you? Like is it philosophically speaking? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like like is that the word that you would use to to say like I'm I'm having a barbecue. What does that mean to you? I think the only way that I can explain it is to tell a story. Go for it. Fifteen uh, year old me mm-hmm. would have no idea. No idea. Okay. Like probably something that came out of a bag or out of a can or out of a freezer. If I went to any of the barbecue type joints or tried to do my own barbecue then the way that i would try to do it now i'd ha- i'd be lost 
I'd be confused. My mm -hmm. taste buds wouldn't even know what was going on. I probably would throw up afterwards. Mm -hmm. Later into my 20s, and certainly now into my 30s, whole different ball game. Mm -hmm. My 20s, the problem would have been that I either would have had too much of one thing and still potentially gotten sick or mm -hmm. mixed the wrong beverages mm. with the wrong food. Yes. And certainly not for the right reasons right. Um, in any environment, whether it was mm -hmm. a festival, a concert, a sit-down joint, someone's you know house that maybe I'd never been in before and throwing this beverage and oh this is our favorite thing to make tonight here blah 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 blah, blah. and the next thing you know bad news right so the long way around trying to answer your question is uh if i was speaking about it now i would say i need flavor okay i need you know whatever the the meat or the animal to be mm -hmm. i need it to not be tough Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or chewy like okay. there's fat i don't want it to feel like it was undercooked right you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean but at the same time i don't need the hockey puck especially if it's not already pulled off of the bone if it's mm. on the bone and i have to work it off like yep. it's a hockey puck mm -hmm. that's a that's a deal breaker right there especially you know i, I don't know how many times you've tried uh like a, a a beef rib? I've actually never done beef ribs. I've only done pork. Oh, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll we'll yeah, let's circle we'll, back to that. Yeah, we will. But yeah, I would say I need a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. I am not of the the hot, spicy variety, but at least in other foods and other combinations, I've certainly come around to spicy flavors. Mm -hmm. Just not necessarily like ghost pepper spicy hot. Right. Okay. So there we go. Cool. Give me your take. As well, another question. Um, as far as like sauces go, um, are you into the sweet sauces? Are you into the more like thinner sauces? Do you like a thick sauce? Do you like a sweet sauce? Do you like a mix of sweet and hot? Probably would say if it's going to be saucy, I'd rather it be thick and sweet. Okay. So I would not, say that not that's drizzly. gotcha. So and typically the thick and sweet stuff is what we consider a Kansas City style barbecue. And that would explain a lot of what I had looked up. Okay. Yeah. So Kansas City tends to be the the, the sweeter, the thicker stuff. Um, when you get to like Tennessee, the Memphis area, it tends to be mixed with a more vinegar sauce. Um, okay. So it's a little bit spicier, a little bit tangier, but because of the vinegar, it actually cuts down the thickness of the sauce. Uh, As you move further south, the sauce becomes less relevant and you get um, more um, of the dry rub into mm -hmm. your into your meat. So like a, a traditional Texas brisket is just salt and pepper. That's it. There's nothing else. It's just hit it hard with salt and pepper. The end. Which you wouldn't get in a Kansas City style brisket or a Memphis style brisket. But you'd get... Um, some sort of a, a, a sauce on top of it and a sweet rub on top of that. Well, the gotcha. rub would come first, then the sauce would come on top of that. So that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's the the difference um, between the, the real southern styles. And when you get out to the Carolinas, it's the same thing. More kind of like the Tennessee, but it's more, more vinegar-based and less sweet-based. 
Um, All right. They don't use a lot of sugar in their in their sauces. It's a lot of it is like apple cider vinegar and and that sort of stuff in their in their sauces. And it's it's a lot drier than you'd find. Um, and you'll find most of your spice, I think, in Memphis in the Tennessee area. But I mean, I find my spice in my cabinet. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's way more than I could have asked for. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, my the way I cook, I, I think I tend to favor the Kansas City style. Um, my fantasy football team favors Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. They have a good team. <laughs> I went out of my way with the first pick in my draft to get uh, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. even though he was really more of the hot cakes like two years ago. Yep. And I pissed a lot of people off that <laughs> year, and this year I threw off the draft again. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like putting a bomb in a container. Just light the fuse and walk away. That's it. <laughs> Fire in the hole! <laughs> So I need to know, and maybe some other people eventually when they finally, you know, come to terms with the fact that this is a real thing, this is going to happen on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. and we ain't going anywhere. <laughs> we, we ain't got nothing better nowhere. to do. That's right. <laughs> so you better start listening because there's going to be a lot for your consumption. That's just right. Just like the barbecue in the United States. Mm-hmm. But that was a little foreshadowing. Is this correct? Was this like a, a truth via Google and Wikipedia? Did barbecue actually come to relevancy or was it birthed out of South Carolina? I don't think so. I mean, in, in the U.S., it might that might be where it started. I don't know that for sure, though. But yes, I within think, the U.S. I, yeah, I think within the U.S., it's probably the South Carolina. Or maybe you know, North Carolina. Or maybe North Carolina. And All then right. it kind of started to spread, you know, to the West, I think. I but, didn't actually see a date associated with that, so mm-hmm. it is also possible that if it had started more than, let's say, 125 years ago, that uh, borderlines could have been blurred a little bit. Yeah, and 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 for me, like barbecue is is like the art of cooking outside. So I mean, you mm-hmm. could really say that like everything before we had an indoor kitchen could have been barbecue. You know, there, there's a lot of like like Australia and the and the Aboriginal cultures out there. They do a lot of outdoor cooking, like by digging holes and, you know, cooking, having these coals underground and then like a row of like stones and then they cover it with like leaves. And that's how they do their cooking. You know, that's to me, that's barbecue. You know, it, mm. yeah, it doesn't have the sauce, doesn't have the traditional rubs that we use, but it's cooking outdoors. And I think that every culture has that, which I think makes it interesting. So as far as barbecue, United States style is concerned, the way that we were talking about sauces and dry rubs. Mm -hmm. I also looked up, you know, a little something about, you know, where's barbecue the most prevalent now without considering it to be traditional, let's just say the more modern competition barbecue cooking and all that stuff Mm -hmm. seems to be eaten the most in the United States. Would you say that's a true statement? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Because I don't think London when I think barbecue. No, I don't either. No. I don't think Beijing no. or Bangkok right. when I think barbecue. Yep. Um, yeah, I cool. agree. Yeah, definitely U.S. 
and I, I think that that especially the way we cook it, I mean, that kind of equates to our health and our our, our obesity because a lot of this stuff is sugar based, you mm-hmm. know, and that leads to a lot of our our weight issues. As yeah, as you can tell by looking at me. Well, I'm not looking at you right now. I'm looking at a spreadsheet in the Google Doc, but oh, that's well, fine. There you go. <laughs> you know, I've seen enough of you. I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to look at me. I haven't either. seen enough of the beard yet, though. We we definitely will need to get uh, yes. photos of you know yes. beards and no yes. beards. Yes, I think that'll be a a game changer. Mm-hmm. So this is really all you, my friend, because I have yet to build and or purchase uh, quality barbecue and or smoker type equipment to the to the level that I know that you have already been involved and I maybe even researched beyond what you actually use mm-hmm. at the time being. You know, the closest to smoking that I've probably done is just waving a lot of smoke <laughs> from the barbecue or the fire pit just to get it out of my face. Yeah, and, with, and the, well, the, the cool thing with barbecue is that it is so incredibly simple. You can do it really cheap. Um, mm. You know, like you can go out and find a 55-gallon drum and you could use that as a smoker. You know, I have a 55-gallon drum that I found at a store. They were going to throw it out. And I went, can I have it? And they went, yep. And I took it. And then I brought it home. I bought some some fancy valves and some pipes and I built some vents into it. I found a lid online and I built myself a smoker for like 60, 80 bucks, you know, when all said and done. Um, nice. And it makes, as far as I'm concerned, it's the best smoker I own. Um, it keeps a very consistent temperature and okay. that's what you want. And it's, it's not insulated. So, you know, when you're doing smoking, what you want a really low temperature. And because mm. it's not insulated, it, it's easier to keep that lower temperature for a long time. So I know my smoker, I know that this one, if I open up all my vents and I light the fire, it will stay at 250 for about four hours. And I don't have to touch it. And that's what I want. Gotcha. So when I'm doing like ribs, like that's my ribs. I'm done. Yeah. You know? So you don't need a lot. I mean, yeah, you can go out and you can go buy a, you know, your, your $1,000 Traeger, you know, pellet smokers that, you know, do all sorts of fancy stuff, but you don't need that. You know, you can you can buy a fire pit from Home Depot and use that as your barbecue. You know. Now, what are you using as your fuel? So when I'm using smokers that are are so when I'm not using my pellet smoker, um, I'm using charcoal, uh, lump charcoal for my my pellet smoke my uh, my smokers, and for my grills, I use lump charcoal for everything because. The lump charcoal is a cleaner burn, so you don't taste like the the lighter fluid in it. You don't taste the mm-hmm. you know the bad stuff, um, and it burns at a higher temperature. So, what if I'm doing like a, if I'm searing a steak and I want to get the temperature up to 800 degrees, the charcoal that that lump charcoal will do that for me. I have a hard time with like the Kingsford stuff getting that up to that higher temperature. So I use lump charcoal, uh, and then what I'll do is I'll take different pieces of wood and I'll put that into the smoker to add the wood flavor. And the wood okay. is a whole other thing. Like when we get to like meats and stuff, like the kind of wood you you use um, will um, pair with that meat. 
So like, for example, if I have a piece of hickory wood, I would never use that for fish. It's just too strong. It'll ruin the flavor. But a peach wood would be really nice with fish. So that's something to consider as you smoke. But yeah. Interesting. And then as far as the pellet smoker goes, the, the way the pellet smoker works is it they're, they're literally like, like pellets that you'd feed like a rabbit. You know, that's, you know, those little pellets. It's that shape. And what they are is they're, they're pieces of wood that have been um, chopped up and then they kind of mush them together into that pellet form into whatever kind of wood is made out of. So there's hickory, there's maple, there's peach, there's apple, there's cherry. Um, and then you can mix those together and then you can get different flavors. The thing with the, the pellet smokers is they don't tend to give you as much smoke as you would from, say, a drum smoker or, um, you know, another type of smoker, uh, an offset smoker or something like that. Interesting. Let's move on to the meat. Yes. The meat. There's no potatoes in this subject. It's all about the meat. Well, you know what? It, one of my favorite things to do is is um, is vegetables. And I my, my favorite thing to do is I take a whole bunch of vegetables, soak them in uh, Italian dressing and grill them. You know, just smoke them for 20 minutes. And um, as long as you have pineapple in there, pineapple is the key. That's what makes everything work. Hmm. Grilled pineapple is amazing. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I could force myself to do that. You should try it once. Okay. Just once. I haven't tried grilled watermelon, but that's supposed to be awesome too. I, I haven't been able to bring myself to do that. But. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that either. Yeah. So we've already, you know, gotten ahead of ourselves before. You've never done beef ribs. I've never done beef ribs. Nope. At least as far as barbecuing is going. Um, they are exponentially larger than pork ribs. Yes, they are huge. And they do tend to have more meat. Mm-hmm. Probably an equal amount of fat, but more meat. Yep, yep I would agree. I went to a, a ribs festival uh, further north in New York, and it was incredible. It was probably one of the first times that I ever had beef ribs. Mm-hmm. I had dry rub. I had some sweet barbecue style. And it didn't matter which way I had them. I couldn't stop eating. Yeah. Um, so what I would tell you, though, is that the beef ribs dry. If I had a choice right now, I'd probably go that route. Okay. With no, no sauce? Yeah. I think I would do that because they're so big, mm-hmm. they get too sloppy. Gotcha. That makes now, sense. Uh, from a flavor standpoint, everyone obviously has their own feeling. But from mm-hmm. a logistics standpoint, for me, right, you know, it'd be like the difference between an iPhone SE and an iPhone 12. Gotcha. Yeah. If you go back to pork ribs, obviously, yeah, you get them however you like them. And I've had them every which way you could possibly, whether it be even throwing in like a teriyaki sauce mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, dry rub. Sweet barbecue, maybe mm-hmm. even some tangy barbecue. Yep. At times when I didn't even realize what it was. Um, but I, as far as I'm concerned, pork ribs are not something that I go out of my way to, like, request. Yeah, me neither. I, for, for me, I, I, I don't like them. They're too messy for me still. You know, they're... Really? Yeah. I, I, I like... So my, my choice would be... Uh, pork belly burnt ends so okay basically what you do is you take a piece of of uncured bacon essentially and you cut it into cubes and then you cook that the same way you would cook a rib 
So you basically mm. are making cubes of ribs, and it's just it's amazing. Okay. That's my preferred because then you don't have to worry about the bones. You don't have to you know it's just cut into cubes and go. That's my favorite thing. All right. Do. Now how about with chicken? Oh, chicken. Do you go wings? Do you go drumsticks? Do you go breasts? I don't know that I've ever heard anybody talk about thighs, but which which way do you go? So if you're doing competition barbecue, one of the things that that you're scored on is uh, thighs. That's really? One, yeah. So traditional barbecue competitions, you have ch- your, your chicken thighs, you have a brisket, you have pulled pork. And sometimes you'll have a steak mixed in there, and there then just steak competitions. But typically, your three are chicken thighs, brisket, and pulled pork. Um, okay. So the thighs are a, a big thing, and the, the hard part with the thighs is is because they're so thin, there's not a lot of meat on them. It's very easy to overcook them, so you have to be careful, mm. and you have to. I mean, when you talk about competition, you got to worry manage your skin and make sure the skin is covering the the, the thigh properly. But as far as I'm concerned, when I'm cooking for myself, um, chicken, I do whole chickens typically. Um, and I've mentioned it before, beer can chicken is the way to go. It is the best tasting chicken I've ever had. I, I've i heard, you know, people say spatchcock, spatchcock is the best way. I've never tried spatchcocking. It's, to me, that's too much work. Spatchcock. <laughs> So who invited a duck? I don't know. So for those that don't know what spatchcocking is, do you know what spatchcocking is? Spatchcock. Spatchcock. Um, you're gonna have to remind me. Okay. So what you do with a spatchcock is you cut um down the right side of the spine, then you cut down the left side of the spine. So you basically remove the spine, then you make a slit down the breastbone, and you flatten the chicken out. The, way, the reason this works so well is it makes the chicken more uniform in terms of thickness, so it cooks more evenly. Mm. Um, for me, too much work. What I like to do is I like to um, season my chicken with whatever seasoning I happen to be fancying that day. Um, I'll use some sort of an apple beer. I'll season the beer and then stick it up the chicken's butt, smoke the chicken. So what happens is you actually kind of steam the inside of the chicken out with the beer flavor, and then you cook it from the outside in. So it's you're pulling moisture through the chicken, and it reabsorbs itself. So you get a hint of apple with it. You know, if you're using an apple beer, which is my preferred way to do it. Hmm. This sounds like chicken on steroids. Yes. yes. For barbecuers. Yes. Or smokers. Yes. It is, as far as I'm concerned, if the only downside to, to the to the, uh, the the beer can chicken is that you need to have room because you're standing the chicken up on end, so it's pretty tall. You know, there's not a lot of smokers or grills that have that sort of room. So if you can afford to have that sort of room, it's it's well worth it. For the record, yes, I have witnessed shacks. I mean, like the size of sheds. Mm-hmm set up as smokers yes so when you're talking about room (laughs) (laughs) i know that it exists if you build it yep there will be room yep fish fish yes fish is great so let's do it this way yes 
one fresh water. Okay. One deep water. Fresh water, I would do um, either catfish or trout. It's a cod fish. It's a cod fish. Your cod piece. <laughs> um, they're, both of those fish are on the sweet side. Um, you don't need to do much with it. Um, I typically pair that with, in fact, all my fish, I almost always pair with jalapeno and salt and garlic. All right. Um, and as far as deep water fish, I guess uh, salmon. Okay. Salmon is the way to go. And again, the same jalapeno rub. I'm not big on the lemon citrus stuff on, on fish. I know a lot of people are. But I like the, the, the kick of the jalapeno, but I wouldn't go more than, than that. I've tried habanero on it, and it's a little too much. Jalapeno is mm. just perfect, I think. Jalapeno and garlic is all you need. I have butter. never done peppers on fish before. No. Um, I also haven't been having as much fish since I've gotten into more spicy flavors mm-hmm. consistently. Mm-hmm. So that might be something I have to experiment with on my own because I'm one of the only ones that eat fish right. when given the opportunity. There is a wonderful uh, company called Bravada, and they make a jalapeno garlic rub. Um, I use that for all of my fish and for um, broccoli and cauliflower, actually. Hmm. Um just it's just it's it's got enough garlic but enough enough spice just to kind of kick it and set it off keep everything nice yep keep everything nice there we go um venison venison i've never done ah see now that's the same for me i thought we were going to have some opinion on there um but i know people that have gone hunting on the regular Mm -hmm. in the greater state of new york and um And, and do, out here, uh, yeah, out here in Ohio, same thing. And they do a ton of brining with their meat. That's what I've heard too. I've never done well. I've never done venison, but I do brine turkey. Really? Yes, I will do a brine on turkey because turkey is easy to dry out. So if you can put moisture in before you cook it, you'll have a less tendency to dry it out. And the nice thing about smoking is because you're cooking it typically as when you're smoking. You're cooking at a low temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, the exception are is poultry. And the only reason you go higher for poultry is because you want to have a crisp skin. If you don't care about the skin, if you keep it around 225, even if you go over a little bit, you won't dry out the, the meat. But okay. that being said, um, you know, I'll use like apple cider and uh, or orange juice I've done turkey with, um, and then salt and pepper as the as the, the, the wet brine. Let it sit overnight and then cook it the next day. But again, venison I've never done. Never done bison either. I was really curious to hear about that because uh, that's I've, something I've, I've wanted to experiment. With. I've I've eaten bison, but I've never I've never cooked it. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Well, how about all the things that I've stated that I will never try? Duck. I, duck I have eaten, never cooked. Squirrel. Um, never. Damn it, I was really hoping for something on there. <laughs> gator. Gator. I can actually get gator meat rather easily, um, but I've never had it. Okay. I've seen people smoke full gator. It's actually really interesting. That's scary. That's another episode all yep. onto its own. <laughs> for that, we might need a live on-site representative. Yes. Uh, rabbit. Uh, I, I'm thinking about it because I have a rabbit's nest outside. 
Um, <laughs> and it's like, I've got two greyhounds and their job is to chase rabbits. So mm. either way, these rabbits are going to die, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So it's, do I kill them myself and cook them or do I let the dogs play with them for a little while? Um, I have never eaten rabbit, um, but uh, I hear it's pretty good, actually. I vote that you let the dogs play with them first. Uh, I did once. So Lewis, my little guy, he found a rabbit, thought it was a ball, and he just kept flipping it up in the air and eventually killed it. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah, he's awesome. Snake. Never. I'm considering it because I have tons of them where I live. (laughs) But I have never. I've seen seen snake and gator done um, in in the same meal, actually. Get her um, done. Yep, get her done. Have you, have you about, ever ever done lamb? I mean, I haven't myself cooked lamb, but I've eaten lamb, mm-hmm. like lamb chops. Okay. Um, and I know I've pro- I've had lamb shanks. I've never done lamb shanks. I've done chops. Lamb. Oh well, let me tell you, if I had a choice in the matter, and. and I think when I'm shopping, I I never see lamb shanks, but I'm not going to a typical butcher mm-hmm. where you probably have more of a, a you know wider selection. If I was going to do anything lamb, I would do lamb shank in a heartbeat. Really? Think if you want to think like not like a turkey leg in the sense of how tough the meat could be, mm-hmm. but in terms of the the size that you could get. You could get some lamb shanks that are like small turkey legs. Nice. But if it's cooked right, it falls off that bone. Yeah. And it's delicious. Yeah. <clears throat> so I will that's say. That's key. That's what I want to get to in a second is is how do you get that to fall off the bone and how did it not be tough? Well, that's really just get important. to it now because we're about out of time. We are out of time already? Oh, man. The most important thing I think about barbecue uh, when you're cooking is internal temperature of the meat. And when I cook, I have a probe thermometer in my meat at all times, and I know exactly what temperature I want to cook to, and that's the key. So um, when you have beef, you have a choice because you can have medium rare, you can have medium well done, all that sort of stuff. You have that flexibility. With things like fish and turkey and chicken, you don't have that flexibility, so it's really important to know where you're cooking, um, where, where, where your current temperature is, and where your stopping point is. Because it's if you go over, that's when your meat gets tough. So typically your, your chicken, your white meat's 155, um, and your dark meat is 165. If you go over that, that's when you start to dry out your meat and you start to get um, real tough. The exception to that is when you go with like pork, Pork is typically around 145. However, when you cook pulled pork and you cook ribs, that's the internal temperature that by the time I'm done cooking is like 202, 205. But because you're cooking so slowly, all that moisture stays in the meat. But once you hit 202, 205, that's when the meat starts to fall off the bone and becomes really tender. That's exciting. Yes. There's so much information you've just thrown out there. I'm going to have to listen back to this myself about... (laughs) 10 times to even absorb most of it. Yep. Um, I swear I was listening while I was off mic. Um, sure you were. So we skipped a few uh, one-liners in the event that 
we just kept flying through information well, we, about barbecue. We had a lot to get through. So, I mean, this is what it comes down to. What's so hard about that? <laughs> Worst barbecue experience. Go. Worst barbecue experience. Um, I can't think of one. Oh, that's not true. I was cooking um, uh, pork ribs one day, uh, recently actually, and I had cooked bacon the night before, and I didn't clean my grill well enough, and I ended up setting a huge fire in my smoker um, and burnt my ribs. Damn! Damn! Best barbecue experience. Uh, I was on a trip to Montauk. Um, I used to have a Mini Cooper, and there was a meetup with about 60 or 70 Mini Coopers. And on the way to Montauk, we passed a barbecue place that we smelled from about two miles away. And we're like, yeah, we're going there for lunch. So Nice. Yeah. I had so many experiences in the barbecue range, but I never thought I'd ever be having this kind of conversation about it. Mm-hmm. I don't have that kind of recall. Moving along. I, I'd I'd like to say that like if you enjoyed the barbecue discussion, there is so much more we can get into um, in terms of the sauces that I would recommend, the rubs that I'd recommend. You like it a sauce. You know, yeah, and, and specific recipes and stuff. So like, if you guys like what you heard, let us know. Um, we've got an email address. It's whyamiyellingpodcast at gmail.com. You can write in to us, uh, and we will do another barbecue episode, and we'll go get into the nitty-gritty of recipes and sauces and rubs and that sort of thing. So, What about your friend? He like it a sauce? Oh, he like it a sauce. Hey, he like it a sauce. Hey, like it a sauce. Hey. We don't, we don't serve your friend no more. <laughs> no soup for you. You come back one year. <laughs> <laughs> My sauce is gone. <laughs> Letty. I keep two bottles of my favorite sauce in my house at all times for emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> now that I didn't see coming at all. And and here's here's a funny funny part about that. Um, I took one of the bottles to work one day because I did pulled pork for work. The bottle rolled into like the side compartment on my door. Well, that doesn't surprise me because you don't know how to package things. That, well, that's true. Um, so anyway, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've decided that I should have an emergency barbecue sauce in the car. So I'm just keeping it there. So all I've right. got, I have an emergency barbecue sauce in the car at all times. Well, I, I hope it's airtight and it doesn't get direct sunlight. It is. Uh, with that, yes, we're we're, we're going to get into the the end of things and just thank you for listening to the Why Am I Yelling podcast. Yes. Make sure that you follow us wherever you consume your podcast links specifically to not only this show, but potentially to some interesting barbecue thoughts, philosophies, tastes that we didn't get into during the show. Maybe even some teasers for episode two of barbecue will be in the show notes. Also, if you like what you hear, share it with a friend. 